Mifton down to Dungeon. Yeah. Um, Mifton peeved. Mifton peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real world. I don't use it. It's a real world. I don't use it. Not in your vocab? Down to Dungeon. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck, for part of DailyThunder.com. We're also featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. If you're listening to Dash Radio, welcome. We are in Oklahoma City Thunder Show. Today's show is brought to you by my good friend, Grady Carter, with Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. He's a GRI designee, which means that he knows everything that you need to know about selling or buying a home. He also knows the Oklahoma City market very well. And the best thing about him by far is that he cares about people and that he is going to do right by you. And you're going to feel like you guys are best friends by the time that he's done helping you buy or sell a home. So you can contact Grady uh, through social media or go to his website, homeboyok.com, homeboyok for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Right now, the market's a little slow. And if you want to get a head start, on selling or buying a home in 2018, Grady Carter is your guy. You can trust Grady. He is fantastic. Uh, just a great person to be around. Really fun. He will make your home buying or selling experience super fun and personal. So please go check out homeboyok.com today. With me today is Matt Craig from dailythunder.com. Matt Craig, what is up? I am struggling to do this podcast today. One, because I'm just getting over uh, a little bit of a cold, so if I sound nasally or my voice cracks, it's not because I'm going through puberty. But also because that game last night was ugly. What a dumb, stupid game played by the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. You know, the, the Kings are awful. Like They have been truly awful this season. And the Thunder go into Sacramento and... They lose eighty six to ninety four to the Sacramento Kings. The the Thunder three stars shot twenty seven percent from the field. They shot like thirty percent as a team, twenty seven percent from three. Like they were just they couldn't hit anything. Some of it was bad luck, and some of it was they just decided to take the worst shots in the existence of basketball last night. It was so bad. It was yeah. I when the game started. I was like, wow, the Kings are really bad. They, they didn't score until six minutes into the game. Right. Um, and even as the game was happening and it was ugly, I was like, well, at least the Thunder can come back and win this just because the Kings are so bad. But that was the worst game that the Thunder have played so far this year. And not a lot of optimism uh, at the moment amongst uh, Thunder faithful. No, put, it, put it that way. Uh, I feel really bad because we have a Reddit mailbag today, the good people – um, at Thunder Reddit, uh, let us do a mailbag with them. So they, they posted it on their site. And they stuck it up at the top so that everybody would see it. Got a lot of great questions. And I really wish that we could be talking about how the Thunder just destroyed the Sacramento Kings. But we 
Uh, we don't get to talk about that today, but I do want to thank all of you guys for asking questions. We'll try to get to as many as possible today. Uh, and we also will not talk a ton more about the Kings game because it was, it was just bad. There's not a lot to take from it. The Thunder were lethargic in ways, um, but it was just a weird game. Uh, first question, Cam JC96. Can you talk about how we're last or close to last in passing? I saw someone link stats a day or two ago. Yeah, did did you find this actual stat? I was I was looking for it. Um, I couldn't find the actual stat, but I will say this: the eye test uh, certainly has me believing that the Thunder are last or close to last in passing. Um, I think. This offense so far, I mean, people want to talk about the defense. I think the offense has really been the problem so far um, this year, especially just ball movement. Uh, I have a lot to say about this, and yeah. with, with future questions, I, I think I'm going to get more into it. But, man, the, the offense is so stagnant, and I don't know who to blame. Who Who, who is responsible? Uh, the Thunder are last in passes. I'll go ahead and say that. And to blame, I think that... I think you can put equal blame on Billy Donovan and equal blame on Russell Westbrook. Like Russell Westbrook should be the leader of this team in so many ways. And I just feel like he really hasn't figured it out yet on how to work with these guys. Um, I don't know that we're ever going to get like mellow to be Olympic mellow or anything like that. So I'm not going to put a ton of blame on I, him because he's yeah. just being mellow. Um, and of course he's got to move the ball more than he does. Take like he, he had a couple of plays last night where he took like a thousand dribbles and then ended oh, up taking a step back and tested jumper. And it's like, what? Mm. Do, you, do you know who's on the court with you? Like, do, yeah. do you know that? Like, they, these guys just so far are not helping each other. And that's I, yeah. a huge problem. I just want to address this real quick. Olympic Mellow is kind of a lie. Like, he did not defer to only being a spot up shooter and a floor spacer. Basically, that was the only times he got the ball. And and so he was going to shoot it. And that's why Olympic Mellow is a thing. Like no one was going ISO at the Olympics because there was open players. So <laughs> when Mellow gets the ball, he can either shoot it because he's open or pass it to another open player and he's going to shoot it. And so that is where Olympic Mellow comes from. I think the whole idea of him is this like unselfish, you know, guy is kind of overblown, the whole Olympic mellow idea. Um, and I really, I'm really starting to think, I did a lot of thinking last night about this, um, about whether the big three can really all play together because obviously the Warriors have a big three, but as we've talked about, they have a different style of play and they move the ball and they have all this motion and neither of us believe that the Thunder are ever going to get to that level. So then I was thinking, well, the Cavs, when they had a big three, they had to marginalize Kevin Love. When LeBron was on the heat and they had a big three, they had to marginalize Chris Bosh. I don't know that three ball-dominant players um, – I couldn't think of an example of three ball-dominant players being really good together. And I, I kind of think that one of these guys is going to have to be marginalized. I'm just really hoping that that is Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Um, because be. obviously, yeah, he's more capable – than just being a floor spacer, but so was Kevin Love and Chris Bosh. Mm -hmm. So for the Thunder to be their best team, I think he's going to have to take a step back. He's still, all three of these guys are the 90th percentile in the league in usage rate. Um, and I kind of think that's just not a formula for success. And one of them is going to have to take a step back. Um, the assist to usage ratio, I think is really interesting. Russ is high, 81st percentile. 
Paul George, 16th percentile, and Melo, 12th percentile. I would like to see Paul George take on more of a playmaking role and be like a pretty dominant, you know, ball handler, getting the pick and rolls with Steven Adams, and then have Carmelo just as a floor spacer. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's time to put Paul George on the second unit and let him run that second unit instead of Carmelo. And let. Yeah. I just. There was like a there was a, a two or three minute span in the in the first quarter I think at the end of the first quarter yeah where it was Paul George and Stephen Adams with I think like Raymond Felton Abrinas and Jeremy Grant I think that was the lineup either way Paul George was in with the second unit and he was getting pick and rolls for Stephen Adams and it was beautiful <laughs> it was beautiful yeah I mean I think that to, for this team to be you know, reach their potential. They have to first establish that Russell Westbrook is the best player on the court and give him free reign. And then second, they need to let Paul George be the absolute second best player. And I feel like they're really trying to do their best to balance between the three of them. Uh, But I wish that they would just use Mello as like a finisher on possessions where they run an action or two actions and then they don't get anything. Okay. Now, Dish it to Melo and let him create because he's like he's good at that and he hasn't been good at it the past couple of games but generally he's very good at that uh, but there's too many early shot clock shots for Carmelo Anthony for for my taste uh, for as far as like the passes made I mean you have to go back all the way to the fourteen fifteen season um, to find the Thunder not in last place in total passes made. Mm. Um, and then you go back to thirteen fourteen, which is as far back as these tracking stats go, and the Thunder are twenty uh, fifth in total passes made. And this is the mo- this is so interesting to me. I just saw this. The, the team that made the least amount of passes in thirteen fourteen was the Golden State Warriors. Mm. Isn't that just crazy interesting? Like that's just. I mean, how how much does coaching matter? Um, right. It matters a lot. And so, I mean, you can you can think about it a couple different ways as far as, like, number of passes thrown. So it could be that, you know, the Thunder had Scott Brooks, who did not have a real offense. They run sets, but they didn't have, like, a free-flowing offense. And now the Thunder have Billy Donovan. He hasn't implemented something like that either. And so you can say the Thunder have picked out coaches that don't have a, quote-unquote, offensive system and they don't move the ball because they just run these set plays. Or you can say, all these years of Thunder have had Russell Westbrook as their point guard. And Russell Westbrook does not need to move the ball to put pressure on a defense. He puts pressure on a defense just being himself. You know, the Thunder have had good offenses with Russell Westbrook at the helm. And clearly they're not a great offense right now. They're ranked 22nd in the league. Uh, but he... If they can figure out a balance, the Thunder don't have to be like a pass-happy team in order to have a good offense. What they do need to do is, after they run a set that doesn't work, run something else. <laughs> it's it's maddening to see that they run a set up. You know, they shut that down. Let's dish to let's dish to somebody with 15 seconds left on the shot clock, and then just see what happens. And or let's dribble into mid range. And what what drives me crazy about this team so far is that they're like, well, we're taking what the defense has given us in those mid range jumpers. They're giving them to you for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't you don't need to take that many mid range jumpers. I think it's okay to take mid range shots. I'm not like, you know, I'm not like the Rockets thinking like you only have to take threes and layups. I don't think, especially for this particular team, they have good mid range shooters. But 
I mean, it's it's getting a little ridiculous. Even with Paul George, I've dogged mellow a lot, but Paul George has taken a lot of mid-range jumpers. Um, this team needs to find a way to get back to the free throw line. Uh, they need to live at the line a few in a few of these games and actually hit their shots, which has been a problem. Um, mm-hmm. But they need to live at the line. They need to take more threes. They need to work the ball more. They need to run more than one action to try to figure something out. Um, I don't know. I th- I feel like Billy is good at you know letting the stars be who they are. Uh, but at some point with this team, you have to look at it and say, that's not really working. Like they're not really figuring it out as just like letting them be them. Uh, there needs to be more things in place for them to get them open and for them to be used correctly. And, you know, it's, if you want to panic, that's fine. Like this is a terrible loss last night. But if, if I'm, if I'm you, I, I wait until 20, 25 games in. And then if this stuff keeps happening, then I think like there's legitimate worries, but it's still so early. Um, but it's, it's concerning for sure. I mean, a lot of the advanced stats have the Thunder as a pretty good team. Um, still, they're, uh, they're, they're an, an efficient team, third in net rating in the league behind the Warriors and Celtics. And, you know, every loss has been in single digits. There's been a lot of close games. You know, you get back the Wiggins shot and maybe one other one and you're suddenly you're six and four. You're not saying some of the same things. Um, so I'm not I'm not in total panic mode yet, but I will say that it doesn't seem like 10 games in that we're any better than we were 10 games ago. And that that's a little concerning where it doesn't seem like anything has been figured out in the first 10 games. Um, and I don't know who that falls on. I, to some degree, I think Billy Donovan has all the right ideas. It just doesn't seem like he's able to get the players to do them either that, or he just says all the right things to the media, but it seems like he's always saying he needs more. We need more ball movement. We need more of this. We need more of that. Mm -hmm. And then the teams just aren't going out there and doing it. So, I mean, again, it's only 10 games, but at the same time, it's 10 games, you know, and at this point, you know, the Warriors and the Rockets are seven and three and we're four and six. And, you know, that's already a deficit that you're trying to make up. Um, I think this is one of the other Reddit questions, but we have to try and get to the three seed, you know, in order to have a real shot in the playoffs. So we can't really mess around with, you know, these early season games, especially against teams like the Kings. Yep. I'd like to thank anchor down for sponsoring today's show. Go to anchor down today. It's a great, great place to watch a thunder game. Uh, they play the Denver nuggets on Thursday night. Uh, go grab a buddy or two and go to anchor down and watch the games, grab a drink, get yourself a good corn dog. And, um, if I'm you, I get the salad. They have this chicken cob salad. It's so delicious. Fresh ingredients. Get it with a little buffalo sauce with the ranch, and you will not regret it at all. Go check out Anchor Down today. They've got great beer selection. They have a nice patio whenever it's nice outside, and they also, the the inside is just super cool. It's just a really cool space. I also want to encourage you to check out The Press, brand new restaurant in Oklahoma City, uh, it's down in the Plaza District. You can follow them on social media at the Press OK, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, just go look at the pictures for even just a second, and you'll know that this is a place where I want to be. They've got great brunch. They have a chicken fried steak that's to die for. You've got to go check out the Press. 
uh, today. Just a cool place. Obviously, like the plaza is kind of a really cool place to be. And the press just adds to that. So check out the press today. Go eat Anchor Down and watch games there. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at Anchor Down and the press. From NBA is just a game. That's so true. That's a great reminder. Uh, does Russ need to be more aggressive on offense? He is averaging only 5.7 free throw attempts over and was over 10 last year. I know he wants to help Mello and George fit in, but is his passive offense, is his passive offense hurting the team? Yeah, I, I looked into this. Um, he's still top 20 in the league in free throw attempts. And last year was just a historic. I mean, James Harden last year and Dwight Howard in like 2011 are the only people ever to have more free throw attempts than Russ last year. Um, so it looks it looks drastic because it's 5.7 versus 10.6 or something like that. Um, he's still he. It's not like there are games and times where he looks too passive, but it's not like he's not attacking. Um, but at the same time. There are stretches where you say it's not obvious that Russell Westbrook is the dominant player on the floor when he's clearly the best player on the floor, uh, and that's something that needs to be definitely hammered out going forward. Yeah. To, to me, Russ is – since halftime of the Celtics game, I feel like Russ has either been passive or he's been out of control. And yeah. uh, I don't think that's going to last. I mean, he's obviously a great NBA player, and I think that he's going to he's going to look like Russ at some point. But it's it's been tough. <laughs> it's been tough to watch him over the past few games, and I I do think that he needs to be a little bit more aggressive, but it needs to be a more controlled aggression. And um, it's it's a tough it's a it's tough to transition from what he did last year to doing what he's done this year, which is really something he's never done before. Like he's had good players on, on his team before, obviously Duran, Ibaka and guys like that, but he's never, he's never been on a team where you have these three ball dominant players and you feel like everybody needs touches and they don't really know how to make that happen. And I think that Russ in particular is really struggling with that. The thing that also should be stated is if he, if this free throw thing is mental and he's not very comfortable at the free throw line, that could have something to do with this as well. I mean, it's yeah. been well documented with LeBron James, the times where it seems like he's scared to drive in and, and have to settle it at the free throw line. And that could be part of this as well, where if he doesn't feel comfortable at the free throw line, maybe he's not trying to kamikaze in there and draw a foul uh, as often as he was last year. Yeah. Um, Livin underscore the underscore dream asks if we're, when we're allowed to panic. Uh, I said 20 to 25 games in. Uh, if you're a panicky person, you can panic now if you want, I guess. But I, I wait a little bit longer. Um, from at Godlow, is it possible the Thunder are playing Grant so much in an attempt to boost his trade value? <laughs> what do you think? No. I, I, I think the Thunder really believe in Jeremy Grant, and I think they should because he has just become the backup center full stop. And yeah. he's also been versatile and he's also been effective um and i think the thunder are planning on using him this much you know the whole season i I feel like he's earned that role and you know he is on the last year of his rookie contract so he's gonna have to be paid a little bit i don't know that he's really earned big bucks and if the thunder could bring him back for a reasonable contract i think they'd like to have him so I, i don't i don't think he's trade bait um and i think that i think trades are an interesting thing to talk about I, th- I know there was another Reddit question about this, but um, 
I I don't think the Thunder can afford any more veteran any more veteran players. So I don't know how you would work a trade out. You know, Jeremy Grant's getting paid one point five million dollars this year. And that's just really tough. You'd have to package him with someone else with a bigger contract. And the Thunder don't really have that. You know, they have Melo, Paul George, and Russ who are getting paid a lot of money, and everyone else getting paid very little money. So I don't know. That'd be tough. Yeah. I don't I don't think he's trade bait. I think the Thunder really like him. I think there could be a situation where if he does end up playing well, maybe he brings up his three point percentage and you you get to the trade deadline and there's a team that Maybe has a lot of cap space, and they're like, you know, we'd really like to give you these two vets, and if you give us, you know, Robertson and him, then you know, let's we can we can do that. I think the Thunder may look at something like that, but are they going to be looking to trade him? I would, I doubt that. Um, and he will be unrestricted this summer. It'll be interesting because there's not there's not as many teams with cap space this summer, and I don't know who's looking to give Jeremy Grant a massive payday. Yeah. Um, so I think the Thunder have. I think you're right. I think they'll have a chance to bring him back. Um, although it just really depends on luxury tax and what happens with the other players on the team. And I mean, there's there's just a lot of story to be told before we even get to a I, place where we can I, talk about paying Jeremy right. Grant. I just I can't imagine a team would trade for two months of Jeremy Grant. You know, I don't know right. what team Jeremy Grant puts over the hill. You know, or right. over the hump. So that's that's where I think it's difficult. Yeah. No, I th- that makes a lot of sense. Um, from Ott031, I've watched almost every Thunder game since Billy became coach and outside of blowouts and foul trouble, cannot recall a single time Billy subbed Russ out other than his slotted into first quarter and third quarters. No other player in the NBA gets handled with kid gloves, quote unquote, like Russ. Should Billy exert more influence slash discipline at times over Russ and there by the team? Yeah, I, I saw this question earlier, and my question was like, "That's I don't, what player doesn't get subbed out during their allotted rotation time, and then uh, blowouts and foul trouble." I mean, I I can't think of too many examples where guys have been benched because the coach is mad at them in the NBA. That doesn't really seem like something that happens that often. So, I don't know that that's really unique to Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it doesn't really. It didn't happen with superstars. Um, guys that are lifting your team up and it's it's not a concern to me i do feel like there is a there there's some merit to the question for sure because earlier this season you know russ i think it was against the celtics had four fouls billy was gonna pull him out for foul trouble um and russ convinced him to stay on court and then the same thing happened with paul george against the pacers paul george had four fouls Billy was trying to pull him out. Paul George was trying to convince him, like, please don't sit me down. He went ahead and sat Paul George down. Uh, this is something McKelly Bear and I have talked about. Uh, so, I mean, there's, like, some merit to the question. Uh, also, these guys have, like, massive egos, and they're, like, real human beings. Like, this is an NBA 2K. And do different players need to be handled differently? The answer is yes, absolutely. And if you're not taking into account, like, personality and things like that, um, I just don't, I don't, I mean, that's not how the NBA works. You have to take into account personality, um, especially a guy like Russ, who has a very strong personality. Um, You know, Billy does not want to be on the wrong side of like a Russell Westbrook argument. And And he's been moody enough already this year. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, Billy is, I mean, Russell Westbrook's number one fan has to be Billy Donovan. 
and you know for better and for worse like this team lives and dies with russell westbrook for better or for worse and you know is he treated with kid gloves sometimes like maybe um but Russ isn't running this team like LeBron James is, you know, I mean, LeBron is like the ultimate when it comes to like, just basically the Cavs not having a coach. I mean, he just, he'll, he'll run over Ty Lue and do, you know, sit whenever he wants and, you know, do whatever he wants and say that, you know, Kevin Love's going to start and he's going to, I mean, but Russ doesn't do that kind of stuff. Like Russ yields to Billy in a lot of ways. And so to say that, you know, Billy doesn't have any control over the team. I don't think that that's right. Um, but should Billy exert a little bit more force when it comes to ball movement, player movement? Yes, I think he should. And that's where I think that there, to me, that's where Billy's biggest failure so far this season has been, is that he talks a lot about ball movement, player movement, like you said earlier, uh, but it hadn't happened. And so mm-hmm. that's where I think his biggest failure is. I don't think it has to do with Russ subbing in and out. I think it has to do with just... Um, ball movement player movement stuff no I, I agree entirely i think you're gonna have to mess with the the players that are on the floor because it doesn't seem like when certain players are on the floor together that there's a lot of control over you know the ball movement player movement like you talked about so i think the rotation is something that's still gonna have to change um and then with trying to change the way guys are playing uh, that might be a little bit more difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this is from JD0797. Who do you like better for OKC, Bagley or Doncic? Uh, this is just a joke about the yeah. Thunder tanking. Um, right. But yeah. I like both those guys. They're pretty cool. Um, from Fly Dre Stan 21 if Greg Monroe becomes available via buyout from a, the recent trade, the Eric Bledsoe trade, if you're living under a rock, Eric Bledsoe was traded to the, the Bucks yesterday for Greg Monroe in a first-round pick, uh, should the Thunder be interested in acquiring him? What do you think, Matt? I, I think, first of all, I think Greg Monroe has kind of been, kind of been underrated <laughs> recently because of he obviously has shortcomings. He's not a floor spacer. He's not real mobile. Um, and in the modern NBA, everyone's just saying, oh, Greg Monroe, Greg Monroe. I mean, he's still very good at two things, like post-scoring and rebounding. Yeah. And so those are things that the the Thunder could use, especially the rebounding. But I still don't think the Thunder should sign him. Um, I think during the regular season, he helps a lot. But this is a rotation that's already like 10 deep pretty much on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of big men that are trying to get minutes. Patrick Patterson and Jeremy Grant and Greg Monroe and Steven Adams. And so when it comes to the playoffs, I think he's just another person that clogs the floor for three ISO heavy stars. Um, and when you think about the, the moves that the Thunder have made, all summer they chose skill over physicality. They chose... Carmelo Anthony and Patrick Patterson, you know, they chose guys that could space the floor and shoot and move and switch on defense. Um, Paul George, even Raymond Felton, that sounds kind of weird to say that he's a skilled player, but he's certainly not a physicality player. (laughs) So I I think it would kind of go against everything the Thunder has done to build their roster in a certain way. So I, I, I don't think that they should make the move. Plus, I mean, Depending on, I don't know what he's going to demand on the open market, money-wise, if he's bought out. Um, but I, I think that's another concern: is him, you know, maybe costing eight to ten million dollars 
and then that you know that's another strain on the Thunder team. I kind of like Greg Monroe. I'm not going to lie. I think that he's not as bad a defender as people think he is. Uh, he's actually defended the pick and roll. His pick and roll numbers through the years have been actually pretty good. He's better than Cantor. He is better than Cantor. <laughs> um, and he's also a pretty good passer. I, If the Thunder can get him for nothing and just sign him for the minimum deal, as he's still going to be paid by the Suns, I mean, I think they, they should. Uh, and... To me, that's where like putting Paul George with the bench makes a ton more sense because you can have him run pick and rolls with Monroe, and that that's a pretty unstoppable duo there. And then you still have Abrinas and Felton out there that can space out. Uh, I I mean, if you can get it for nothing, sure. I mean, I don't think the Thunder need to try to trade for him or anything, but I think that if you can get him for nothing and he can come in and you know be a guy like you're like a true like sixth man um, for OKC. In the mold of Ennis Canner, because I mean, it's kind of be kind of crazy if they did, because it would be like they just traded um, Doug McDermott in the second round pick right. to get Carmelo, because you basically bring in a Ennis Cantor esque player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's probably close to as good as a post score as Canner. He's a better passer. I don't think he's as an elite of offensive rebounder as Canner is, uh, but he's certainly a better defender. And so, to me. Like why not at this point? And you, if you know, if you get into a series with like a team like the San Antonio Spurs, who like to play really big, uh, I think that he would help in a series like that. And um, maybe you just don't play him against a team like the Warriors, or you don't maybe, and you have a guy to go against the Nay against the Rockets. I don't know. I mean, I would, well, I would do it if you can get it for nothing. Why not? Um, but he's he would have to come in knowing that he's he's a you know, 18 to 20 minutes a night guy. Um, and that's, that's really it. Yeah. Let me ask you this though. You would then have Jeremy Grant, Patrick Patterson and Greg Monroe, all demanding somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes and all coming off the bench. Yeah. At least unless they, you know, got wonky and moved either Carmelo or Paul George to the bench, which I don't see happening. Then you have three guys that are very similar and I don't. How would you negotiate that if you had all three of them? If it's me, I just play Jeremy Grant less. I know Grant's been good, pretty good this season, but I, I still think that there are there's spots where he hasn't been as effective as as the Thunder would like him to be. And so I just give Grant less minutes. I play Patrick Patterson and him, and make Grant the tenth man. That's what I would do. Um, but that's that's just me. And Grant, I mean, Grant's been really good uh, but he's also not really a floor spacer um he's shot some threes this season he hasn't really hit on a lot of them and so to to me i'd rather have the guy i know is so skilled around the basket um and can get get you a bucket when you need one um whereas i find myself and i tweeted this last night i find myself thinking how in the world is Jeremy Grant ending up with the ball so much? Like, what is going on here where you have Paul George or Carmelo Anthony or Russell Westbrook on the court, but it's Jeremy Grant that's driving the ball to the basket? Like, how in the world is, is this happening? Um, and so I would put, I would put Grant as the 10th man, and that doesn't... To me, I don't think the Thunder will do that. I don't think that they'll look at him. I think that they like Grant. I think they like Patrick Patterson. I think they'd like to play those guys a lot, and... And there's definitely merit to playing those guys a lot and getting them ready for the playoffs and whatnot. But 
if you have a chance to get a guy like Greg Monroe for nothing and just add talent to this team, you know, this is a team that could use more talent on the bench. Greg Monroe has taken 12 threes in his entire NBA career. So, Oh yeah. He doesn't, he does not step out. He's got a pretty good <laughs> mid range jumper, but he does not yeah. step out. He hasn't, he hasn't made a single one. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, point, point taken, but I just, I think that adding, if you can add the talent for nothing, I, I agree. Jeremy Grant is four of 19 on the season, but last season he, he did make 40, 43. He was 43 of 114, 37.7%. I mean, yeah. if it, if it got back to that, then yeah, it's definitely a more valuable tool. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I can see both sides. Yeah. I mean, if Grant can prove that his three point shooting is real, let's, let's do it. Don't do not touch Greg Monroe because now we have a three and D guy, but I just, even when he was hitting, you know, he was at over 40% at some points during the season. I was just like, I don't know if it's real. Like, show, show me that it's real. Give me, and I, I feel like this season we may be seeing more of the real Jeremy Grant. And he's actually, like, improved as a player. Um, but three-point shooting can be so random. Like, it's just, I mean, guys can get hot. I mean, even, you know, like, watching guys in college. Like, some guys really hit in college and get to the league and they and they can't hit at all. And some of it's because they're just not really good shooters. They just had a really good season. Um, mm-hmm. uh, next question from at Tay Roar Smash. I, I'm going to be really bad at reading names. Um, is is it disconcerting that we haven't won without a Russ triple double, or exciting that they seem to come to him easier with more weapons around him? Yeah, do they really seem to come easier? <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Um, <laughs> they, I guess in the wins they did. They felt like that during the wins, but uh, definitely during these losses, it hasn't. And it, it is a weird thing for sure. Yeah. I just think, well, I was, Andrew, honestly, I think it's random. <laughs> didn't you know that triple doubles are arbitrary? <laughs> <laughs> They're, these are arbitrary numbers. Yeah, these mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. Oh man. I just think to me it's when Russell Westbrook is aggressive and he is playing under control and he's rebounding and getting on the fast break, which is how he gets those triple doubles. I think that that's good for the Thunder. And I think that's, that's when they have been good. And so I do think there's something to it. Um, I'm not concerned about it, but there's, it's something to watch for sure. Uh, at, I don't know which one this is. Chef slap chop or chef's lap chop. I don't know which. Uh, I don't know what a lap chop is, so I'm going to go with slap chop. I think it could be lap chop. I don't know. <laughs> Who made that dope garage band intro? And why do you feel that the tone wheel organ is so angelic sounding? Um, our friend Dustin Ragland made it. He's like a professional musician. And he had us in to record like intros and stuff to his studio and made that for us. So. So what you're saying is that Chef Lap Chef Slap Chop is really just your burner account. You put that question in there so you could give a plug. Yeah, I'm I'm Lap Chop. <laughs> um, JD0797. Do you think the young players like Abrinas, Grant, etc. fit the timeline of the team now that OKC has George and Mello? Should Presti look to trade them for veterans who would probably play better in the playoffs? I mean, we kind of talked about this earlier, but 
Sam Presti has always believed in young players. And the reason for that, um, there was actually a really good article about this on that new cleaning the glass website, which I highly recommend, um, which is basically just like the rookie contract is such an inefficiency in the modern NBA where these players are getting paid way less than what they're worth. And so if you're the Thunder and you've always had superstar players on your team, you can take a chance with a young player and not pay them much and hope they develop into something really, really solid as opposed to either paying a veteran the same amount as a rookie and then that veteran's going to be bad (laughs) or having a better veteran who you have to pay more. So Sam Presti has always believed in the rookie contracts and hoping that guys develop and come along. And I mean, that's kind of what the hope is going to be this year, that Abrinas and Jeremy Grant, you know, Jeremy Grant, that he would start hitting shots, Abrinas, that he would stop trying to drive in like Superman, you know, every time. But Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of why, like I said before, I don't think the Thunder can really afford to have good veterans like the same. If if there was a veteran that was the same skill level as Jeremy Grant or Alex Abrinas, they would be getting paid three to four times as much money, and the Thunder don't really have that. So I, I think that I think the Thunder are kind of set with with what they're using those players for. Yeah, and as far as like the timeline part of the question goes, I mean, there's rarely ever a team that has all all their guys on the same timeline, and you you have to have young guys that you're developing, and you have your veterans on the team, and, and that's just kind of how the dynamic works. Like the you know the 2009, 10, 11 Lakers, you know, they had guys like Trevor Ariza who were younger at that point in their mm-hmm. careers. And you have these guys that develop on your bench and you have guys, I mean, it's just a part of like the NBA. Like every, every team has a mix of guys and the yeah. Sam Presti has always valued younger players and has always wanted to bring up these younger guys in their system. He really believes in their coaching staff and the way they develop players and, now, the Thunder are always going to have young guys that they develop, and they're never going to have all the guys, all the same guys on the same timeline. So, um, And also, it's nice to have young guys because they usually bring a little bit more energy than older guys do. I mean, look at the Cavs right now. Um, they struggle night in, night out with bringing a lot of energy. And to be honest, the last two and a half games, the Thunder have really struggled bringing energy. Yep. And you've seen it most from like the younger guys, like, like Jeremy Grant. I think Jeremy Grant has probably had the most energy of anybody on the team, uh, the past few games. And even Josh Hustis came in last night and played some good minutes. And you, you've got to have, you got to have a mix and you know, the Thunder, the Thunder know that and they do that well. Yep. Um, from that game of snow cones, uh, is it possible that we just aren't as good as we thought? What's your prediction for what seed we will get if we make the playoffs? Oh, I'm so sorry that you feel this way, Game of Snow Cones. They'll make I mean, the I, playoffs. They're making I the thought, playoffs. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought we were tanking for Luka Donc- Doncic or something. Yeah. So, um, No, I mean, I said before the year, four seed felt right. Um, but we really need the three. The three is very, very important. The teams, I mean, the Rockets and the Warriors already look like the one and two. So fighting for that three, I guess it depends on how much you believe in the Timberwolves who are seven and three right now and the Spurs who are seven and four Um, or the Grizzlies. I don't think that they'll stay, you know, a three seed. Mm -hmm. Um, I think getting to the three is super important. I think the four is like the where we should be slotted um there's also the clippers who have looked good at times this season i don't know i i think 
this team right now is not the team that will be playing in March, you know, yeah. and that's that's a very, very good thing at this point. <laughs> uh, I don't. I think that maybe to start the season, certainly they have not been as good. I mean, that's fairly obvious. Uh, it's just too close. It's too soon to like call it though, to say that they're not yeah. as good. And yeah. And three, four, maybe even five, like that's where they're going to fall. I just, they're not yep. going to get up to the suit to the two seed, but you know, the three seed isn't locked up. The two, the four seed isn't either. So, I mean, I wouldn't worry about record at this point. I wouldn't even like, be checking the standings really until January, you know, to see like yeah. what is, how is this shaping out? Cause right now it's just so random. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about yeah. that. I, I mentioned two weeks ago that stretch in early December where we have a lot of bad teams in a row. I think if the thunder struggle through that stretch, then maybe it's time to sound the alarm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Callboy Kells. Are you surprised by the low points per game averages from the big three? Will everybody average? Will everybody's averages go up or stay down uh, when the team figures it out, considering that would mean a lot of blowouts for the Thunder? I mean, right now it's 2020-20. Like I mentioned, all three of our big three are in the 90th percentile in usage rate. And I think that that makes it tough for any of them to, you know, have more than 20 and average. But the interesting thing has been the wild variance among the players. I mean, Russell Westbrook is he'll score 25 and then he'll score 12. I mean, it seems like all of them have been like that. Mm -hmm. And it's been very hard to pin them down to any sort of average. Um, I think going forward, though, like I said, it would be really helpful if you could bump Russ and Paul George, you know, up to the point where they're scoring 24, 23, 24 points per game. And then you could, you know, marginalize Carmelo Anthony to a floor spacer role and bring him down to somewhere around 15, 16 points per game. It'd be awesome if Steven Adams just keeps being this 12 or 13 point per game scorer. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think a lot of things need to shake out. Um, but there really hasn't been any consistency. The 20 is just such an arbitrary number because they're not scoring 20 points every single night. You know, um, that's the average, but on any given night, one of them is in single digits or one of them is shooting 27 times and putting up 25 points. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned about it. I do think that they, they need to, leave room for like one of those guys to go off on a certain night. Like we haven't seen a night where one of them goes for like 40 or 45 or something like that. Um, and so I would like to see one of them get hot and then like go back to that guy over and over again and run stuff for them and, you know, just do things to make each other better. I think overall they need to find ways to do things to make each other better. And honestly, I am a little surprised about Russell Westbrook's averages. Like I, I thought that he would be averaging more points than this, but um, it could be a good thing in the end that he's really trying to defer a little bit. Um, H. Lee 14. Why is Samaj the answer to any of the Thunder's problems? Please leave me alone. H. Lee uh, t- fish tacos for everyone. Do you think Westbrook will end up trying to change his free throw routine? Um, he just talks about his mental struggles. Uh, he told Fred Katz yesterday that he was not going to change it. Um, he's going back to his original um, free throw routine. And so I don't really know. I don't know if he's just going to take 
he's going to lead the league in delay of games. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, uh, Brody rated R. Uh, he talks about Chandler Monroe. Would we want them? We talked about that. Would you want Tyson Chandler or Greg Monroe? Yeah, Tyson Chandler looks cooked, so yeah. I don't. I don't think I want him at all. Um, uh, man, I don't know how to read this one. Yen Garnold, sorry. Uh, will you miss saying Taco Burger Singler when he's gone? Do you guys still say that? If not, you should. Uh, I haven't said a lot recently, but um, I, I will not miss it because uh, I. Would like to have the thunder. I would like for the Thunder to have better players. Um, a caravan, uh, excluding trades and coaching changes. If you had to make one change to improve the squad, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of already talked about this. I would love to see Paul George be the one playing primarily with the second unit. Um, and then we've also kind of talked about this in previous weeks, but some of that star to star screening, you know, the pick and rolls that they still haven't really utilized and they really should. Those are my two. Yeah. I just would like to see more screening in general, um, off ball on ball. I just think Thunder have good guys that can set good screens. And, uh, when they have been good, they've been doing that. And last night you didn't see a ton of it. Uh, we saw a lot of standing around. Um, so more screening, less standing around. Um, Speedy Bill says, at what point will we say that we're in panic mode? We've already answered that question about 20, 25 games in. If you really want to panic, sure. Uh, Tulsa Timmy, what is the something in chicken salad out of chicken something else? Uh, I mean, am I allowed to say it? Uh, I don't know what the the restrictions are here, but it's a euphemism for human feces. Yeah. How about that? That's right. (laughs) I'm just. I was glad to just listen to that and be a witness to you explain. I love Brian Davis. He has about four or five phrases that he gets in every single game. I love it. Yeah, he's he's funny. He, he's a great guy. He's such a nice person. Um, Backside oh, over tea kettle. That's another one of my favorite ones. <laughs> um, open that fridge. Do you think Billy is putting too much focus on the switchy defensive schemes that aren't ready that they aren't ready for, and that's taking away from their energy on offense that's that's ignoring the times when they stop giving effort on both ends and forget they're playing in the nba yeah i don't know that i agree with this one like i think fighting through every screen would take more energy out of you than switching everything um i think if anything maybe that's leading to some of the lethargic offensive stuff rather than energy um and, yeah, I mean, like I know Fred Katz has talked a lot about the switching on defense. The thing is the Thunder are forcing teams to shoot a low percentage at the rim, and they're taking away corner threes. So from an efficiency standpoint, the defense has been good. And what the efficiency ratings really mean is that over a large sample size, the defense will be better. Um, but 10 games is still a really small sample. So, I mean, I don't know that the defense is the problem. I think the offense has been the problem so far. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Leper Messiah, 2012, he has a long question. He's basically asking, is Billy Donovan really a bad coach or does it have to do with like this team meshing? Because it's, I mean, I can't tell you how many tweets I got last night about how terrible Billy is and he needs to be fired and he's soft and blah, blah, blah. Um, what do you think about Billy as a coach? I think Billy Donovan is an excellent basketball coach, but 
it is just very difficult to coach three superstars. I mean, there are just very few guys who have been capable of coaching three superstars, even two superstars, um, effectively. And I mean, even look at like David Blatt takes the team to the finals, but they don't think he's a good coach and he gets fired. So I, I just think it's such a hard job coaching three guys who demand as much on and off the court as Russ, Carmelo, and PG. Uh, Evan Flo, what is your favorite or most convincing NBA conspiracy theory? And then what would it take to convince you that there's a conspiracy against the Thunder considering all the flagrant yeah. fouls missed calls so far? <laughs> well, 1985 NBA draft lottery was 100% rigged. <laughs> the frozen envelope is real. Yeah. is absolutely real. Um, there... I, I've watched some other NBA games this year, and I feel like the refs have just been bad across the board. Yes. Um, so I don't know that there's a conspiracy. I just feel like the refs have been really struggling this year, and I don't know. I don't know why that is. Yeah, it's been a weird start for a lot of teams and a lot of players, and down to the referees and the stat keepers. Like It's been a weird, just been an odd start. Some of it could be that you have the shorter preseason and you don't have as much prep time, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have a great answer for that. My, but my favorite conspiracy theory that I know is true is that Michael Jordan um, was forced um, to leave the league. He was suspended for um, a couple seasons because of due to gambling, and he didn't just want to go play baseball. He just did that because he uh, was suspended by the league secretly. Twelve um, foot jump shot. Why is our offense so stagnant? Where's the off ball movement? I don't know where it is, man. I don't know. It's gone. The, the Thunder are not working uh, to make each other better, and I don't I don't know exactly why, because uh, I know that Billy wants that to happen, but I don't. I mean, it's basically just the will of these three stars. I agree. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. We've talked a lot about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that it changes over the course of the season. Yeah. Um, King of the Puddle asks if they should use... Mellow is like a straight up six man start Patrick Patterson. Uh, I just don't, if you're trying to balance like these superstars and trying to massage their egos and stuff like that, probably not a good idea to uh, sit Carmelo Anthony on the bench. I mean, he said it, you know, at media day, I mean, he laughed at the notion. And so uh, that's not going to happen. Maybe you sub him out faster and you bring in two Pat. I think that's actually a really good idea, but I don't, I don't think that, they're not. I mean, you will hear Russell or Russell Westbrook. You will hear Carmelo Anthony announced in the starting lineup the rest of the season. I would be. I'd be shocked if he if he was not. I agree. I think I'm at the point now where I don't think he should be on the floor without another one of the superstars. Like, I don't really. I haven't really liked when he's been by himself with the second unit because it just becomes four guys watching him jab step and take 10 dribbles and shoot a contested two sh- two point shot. So I would like to see him used with the first unit, you know, as a floor spacer, as I've kind of already talked about for Russ and Paul George pick and rolls. Yeah. Um, from at Venezuelan pygmy farm, uh, does <laughs> some great names. Does Donovan's post game analysis give you confidence? He will solve the team's issues. I think Billy knows the solutions to the problem. I think that it's on the team to make it happen. And is the message sinking in? Are they doing what they're supposed to do? I don't know. But I think Billy, like you said, he's a smart NBA coach. Um, But are the players going to implement it? I think that's kind of the question. 
Uh, yeah, down, I agree. Down under thunder, if an alien landed in OKC and watched the first ten Thunder games, would they say uh, who would they say is the best Thunder player? I mean, I think that they would say, Stephen, come home with us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Stephen Adams has been pretty good. I don't, I yeah. think that they would probably still say Russell Westbrook. Uh, he might also be an alien, so I don't. Right. I'm not sure, but uh, the if. If aliens landed and only watched these ten games, they would not think the Thunder are a good basketball team. I, I, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's probably Russell Westbrook still, even though he's looked bad at times. I think you just look at his natural athleticism and speed and stuff like that, and they're like, "Oh wow." Um, and also, like, I think Stephen Adams has probably been the best, most consistent player. But I don't know if the the aliens know the nuances of the game and really know what they're watching for yet. Um, Chaboy, uh, how do you think the Thunder will proceed if Paul George did not come back? I think this is something really interesting um, to talk about all season that I feel like not a lot of Thunder people have talked about, which is that two of our three guys are still testing things out, you know, are still here temporarily. Mm -hmm. And even though we said it makes the most sense for Carmelo Anthony, to pick up his option and then Paul George to sign a one-year deal or, you know, all that that's been said. I do find this really interesting and the Thunder struggles do not help too much with that. I'll say that. How do the Thunder proceed if he doesn't come back? I mean, now you're talking about a team with two superstars, which is kind of what I've been saying. It's a little bit easier to manage. Um, But on the other hand, you're losing an extremely talented player. The Thunder, I I mean, I don't know. I, I guess... I would. I want to revisit this question once the team starts looking a little bit more confident. How about that? Yeah, I think that 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 makes the most sense. How they proceed? They, I mean, honestly, they don't have any cap space to really do anything major. Like they just continue with the team that they have, and they're probably instead of like a borderline contender, like they're a borderline like top like top five or six seed in the in the West, and they're gonna be relevant and fun and they're going to you know run the ball up and down the court and you're going to have highlights from Russell Westbrook and you know at, at least like as a Thunder fan you're assured to have five more seasons of like fun Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams and you know Sam Presti will have to work his magic outside of that um, but clearly they won't be close to contender status if that happens I'll say this the team hasn't been that fun this year so far that. Uh, we were talking about this with the up the thunder guys last night like the team was honestly more fun last year at least to this point it's been a little bit of a drag watching this team at times yeah especially the past two and a half games like the first half of that Celtics game like they can be tremendously fun if they're playing well um, but when they're lethargic and not playing well for whatever reason I mean, maybe Juancho Hernan Gomez gave all these guys mono and they just don't know it. I don't know. Um, what's your favorite cereal, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go with Cinnamon Life. How cinnamon about that? Life. Oh, cinnamon Life is good. It's a solid Ooh. cereal. Uh, cinnamon Toast Crunch is my all-time favorite. Right now, I'm really into just give me the plain Cheerios, cut me up a banana, throw some blueberries on there. Woo, it's good. Um, then, they make fun, then they make fun of me for eating while I'm driving, so... Uh, why do the refs hate us and want Paul George to leave? Brody rated R. 
because everyone hates Oklahoma City because it's a small cow town. That's why. That's it. <laughs> C squared 25. Seems to be a lot of arguing as to whether or not this defense is quote-unquote good. Saw the Catsman slinging some stats on Twitter the other day. Suggests that we're doing well, but why does the eye test seem to say otherwise? Yeah, I think statistically, again, our defenses look good. The reason why it looks bad on the eye test is that on certain possessions, we just don't try and then we mm-hmm. get burned extremely badly and so when you're watching the game you see these possessions where it's like it just looks like the offense can <clears throat> do whatever they want and that's why it looks bad on the eye test but again the efficiency says that we should be good over a larger sample size so i guess we'll see yeah also like defense is just down across the whole league like you think that yeah, part of it that. is that like the thunder maybe they don't look great like they don't look like they don't look elite, but go watch some other games, and then you'll be like, "Oh, like the Thunder are actually pretty good <laughs> compared to what's happening around the NBA right now." Uh, it's it's also just like a good sign in general for the Thunder that they have a good defense uh, because they have so many good offensive players. You feel like eventually they're going to work it out. Maybe they won't be like a top, maybe even a top ten offense. But if they're like the twelfth best offense and have the second rated defense, like that's a pretty darn good team. Um, Lance Dallius, considering that OKC needs at least a three seed to make a real playoff run, how much longer does the team have to figure it out? Kind of the same question over and over again, just phrased yeah. in a different way. They, and we've we've talked about this that they do need the three seed. Um, but yeah, last question, Brody rated R. Do you think that Houston or Ferguson should be playing over Grant? No. Do you, Matt? No. Okay, very good. Uh, Thank you so much for your questions. That was a lot of podcasting, lots of questions. Thank you, uh, Thunder Reddit, for all the questions. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Thanks for listening. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, You can follow Matt on Twitter at Mr. Matt Craig. Follow us at Down to Dunk. And we'll talk to you guys on Friday. 